rivers. So today, with the help of the Lord, um, I'll be speaking upon on the ABC of Calvary. And I realize that the content of this message is well known to you all, but this is just what I have felt to minister on. So my opening scripture, if you can turn with me, I haven't got that, so we have to use our Bibles. Um, the opening scripture is Romans chapter 5, verses 10 to 12. And then 21. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, But we also join in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received, who we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon to all men, for that all have sinned. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And I I realize that you know all of the content of this message, but I'm bringing it just the same. So this scripture that we've just read, it speaks to us of permanent blessings and justification through the Lord Jesus Christ. And before justification, we were enemies. I don't know. I'm having a tough time. but the blood of Jesus. Before justification, we were enemies of God and were subject to his wrath. But through and by the death of Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with, of peace with God. And the A of the ABC of Calvary is atonement. The Day of Atonement is a very solemn annual festival in the Jewish religious calendar and is observed on the 10th day of the 7th month, being the specific date God gave Moses for this important observance. And it is to be a lasting ordinance. In Hebrew, it is known as Yom Kippur. And the reason for the Day of Atonement is found in, is in Leviticus chapter 16 and 30. And I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles so that I can put the light on my iPad, please, while you're turning me. Thank you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. And for atonement to take place, it was necessary to have a ritual of sacrifice, which was carried out by the high priest, who at that time was Aaron. The high priest was to wear only linen. He was to take off his normal priestly garments, wash himself, and then put on the linen garments, which were only worn when he ministered in the Holy of Holies. The Day of Atonement was the only day of the year that the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. The animals for sacrifice were a young bullock, 
for a sin offering for Aaron and his household. Then there was a ram for a burnt offering. There were two goats which were to be taken to the door of the tabernacle. Aaron cast lots on the two goats, one to be sacrificed for the sin and the other was for the scapegoat. Aaron was to confess the sins of Israel over the goat which was led into the wilderness. Symbolically, this is the scapegoat who took on the sins of the children of Israel. Aaron put incense upon fire to form a cloud to cover the mercy seat where he would encounter the glory of God. Then he took some of the blood of the bull and sprinkled it on the mercy seat seven times. The goat for the people's offering was sacrificed and its blood was taken into the Holy of Holies within the veil and sprinkled on the mercy seat. As you all know, there was a veil that uh, separated the holy, most holy place or the Holy of Holies from the rest of the tabernacle. And that's where Aaron went behind. Only the high priest was entitled to go or allowed to go into that Holy of Holies, the most holy place, and he ministered there on the mercy seat. There shall be no man other than Aaron anywhere in the tabernacle when Aaron goes into the holy place and has effected atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the congregation of Israel. There are many more specific duties that Aaron carried out, but far too much and numerous to speak of here. Then Aaron removed his linen garments, washed and put on his normal priestly garments. On that day the people were to do no work at all, for on that day shall the priest make atonement for you to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. These are all types of Jesus Christ and his atonement for all mankind. But now, focusing on the crucifixion of Jesus, beside him on the cross were two male factors to be crucified. The one railed on Jesus, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself, save us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And he pointed out that they were criminals facing due justice, but that Jesus had done nothing wrong. He asked Jesus to remember him when Jesus came into his kingdom, and Jesus replied, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be in paradise with me. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And at this time there was darkness over the earth for three hours. Then the veil of the temple was rent in the middle from the top to the bottom. And then Jesus cried with a loud voice. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Right then and there, at the sacrificial death and shed blood of Jesus, was the fulfillment of the day of atonement. The criminal had his sins atoned for, and from that day forward, there would not be a need for annual observation of the day of atonement. It all took place in the Lord Jesus Christ and his death and his burial and his resurrection. And we are so excited about that because um, we don't have to have that ritual once a year, amen. But that's not the only thing. God, Jesus is a constant source for us to go to at any time, day or night, no matter where we are, no matter how we are, what condition we are in. You know, sometimes we feel that we're not good enough to go to Jesus. Sometimes we feel, I, I don't know, I don't think Jesus wants to hear from me because I'm so bad, I'm not good enough. That's not true. 
The only way we can get over that, the only way we can be healed, delivered, cleansed, forgiven, is to go to Jesus. No matter how hard and how harsh that sin is or that difficulty is that we're facing, it's through the Lord Jesus Christ that we can see deliverance and healing. Amen. And salvation. We can't go anywhere else for salvation. We can't live a good life on this earth and save our money and keep a, a, a tight ship and expect to go to heaven. It's sorry to say, but the only way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that that we can get to the, the Lord Jesus Christ is that we need to go to him. You know, sometimes we expect like a miracle, not a miracle, but like a waving of a magic wand that God will just drop everything into our laps and all this is going to take place and we have no more problems and no more difficulties. Guess what? I've got news for you. As long as we're alive in this world and in this earth, there's going to be problems. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be decisions that we need to make. We might as well make them with the Lord Jesus Christ than make them outside of him and not have anything to do with him. We need the Lord in our lives. And for us that are in the house of God, we are so grateful that we are here. We could be anywhere. We could be roaming the streets. We could be riding our bicycles. We could be swimming in the ocean. We could be flying in the aircraft, but we're here with the Lord Jesus Christ. God has touched our lives, and God has brought us to this place. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every day I'm grateful to God. Every day I'm grateful that he brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't always get it right, but I'm always grateful to God because he brought me out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. It's not our fault that we are sinner people. Because we go into the history of it all, which I will just now. But it's a fact that's what we are. We have inherited a sinful nature. And so much, so much trouble that we may experience, God is 100% and 1,000% much greater than all of that. And he's there for us. You know, you don't have to book an appointment to, to contact Jesus. You don't have to say, look... Lord, on Friday night at 5 o'clock, I'll be free. Can I please get in touch with you? Amen. Amen. Anytime, in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. You can wake up in the middle of the night and reach out to God and He's there. Amen. And if you're, if you're in a sick state or an, Ill, an unwell state, if you had to crawl on your knees, you can find the Lord Jesus Christ. He's there every day, every night, every hour of every day. And you know what else? He's listening and he's waiting to hear from you. Amen. He's listening and he's waiting. We too need to wait upon the Lord and allow his will to be fulfilled and accomplished in our lives. We are in a great place, in a wonderful place to hear from God. To, to understand his love for us and to reach out for that love and his care for us and to understand what he has done for us. We'll never know it all. It's far too much for us to understand. But what we do understand and what we do know is wonderful beyond words. It's wonderful beyond words what God has done for us. Think about it. Who am I? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man, hallelujah, that thou visitest him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless his name.
We have need for atonement because sin is so harsh that it separates us from God, who is holy. So to this end, speaking more about sin and leading us to the bee of Calvary, I go to the well-known scripture in Genesis chapter 2 and 15, where God gives instruction to Adam about the produce from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. We note that Adam, being the first human God created, received this instruction. We also note further that it was stated that the, it was not stated, sorry, that the tree bore apples. It may have done, but God refers to its fruit, unspecified fruit. Paintings in the world most often portray the fruit as an apple, but that is not substantiated in the Bible. And here I'm referring to the King James Version of the Bible, which is the first translation into English of the Old and the New Testaments. Adam was the only human on earth amongst the animals, the trees, the plants, and the rivers that God said that it was that God said to him it was it was no God said it was not good that man should be alone, so out of his ribs God formed a female as a help meet for him, and for the first time ever marriage is instituted. Eve was referred to as Adam's wife. And the Bible says, and the two shall be one flesh. This was the perfect and idyllic relationship between man and woman in that safe, beautiful, peaceful garden which had clement weather conditions. No worries, no illnesses, no struggles, a variety of animals all peaceful and tame, no rains, either heavy or light, no hail, no snow. These are perfect living conditions that we all long for today without the hardships and the struggles we experience. But all these hardships come upon us because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, which results in our inheritance of a sinful nature. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 24, records Eve being tempted and enticed by Satan, where he persuaded her that she would be better off more powerful and have more knowledge if she did eat of the fruits of this tree. And most important, he also caused her to doubt what the word of God said. Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness to sin against God, but Jesus overcame by the word of God, and there was never any doubt at any time of the truth of God's word. Satan could not gain victory by casting doubts upon the word of God. When we find ourselves in a similar place, and being tempted, the knowledge of God's unchanging word will help us to gain victory. That doesn't mean to say that we need to know all the word of God, but it does mean that what we do know and our positive relationship with God will help us to stand on those words and avoid being led into questioning. We need to take time when these, uh, these things happen to us because that's a time when we tend to rush into something. But if we can stop and think and take time, we will get grace from God. At this time, I have to say that it is important for us to attend church as much as we can. There will always be messages that will strengthen us in our walk with God. We need to assemble together, receive exhortation, 
serve one another, show brotherly affection to one another, and also our faith is built up. All of that takes place in the house of the Lord. 1 John 4 and 12 says, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. We are also told, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. When we are gathered together in church, in times of fellowship, we have the opportunity to live out these scriptures and at the same time gain spiritual strength too. Back to sin. Because we have inherited a sinful nature, we too are subject to temptation to sin. The areas of our lives where we feel tempted to sin are where we have lusts, or as the dictionary defines lusts, as having strong desires. And these are lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In the temptation of Eve, it is told that Eve saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. That would be the lust of the eyes. And that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. This would be the pride of life. And she took of the fruit, ate and gave also to her husband, who also ate. This is the lust of the flesh. These are the areas where we're easily tempted. Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Satan does not force us to sin. Adam could have refused to disobey, but he made a choice by his own free will. We are not forced to sin, not one of us. Amen. We may be persuaded, we may be cajoled, we may be influenced, but the decision is ours, and Satan cannot make us sin. We cannot say it's his fault. Amen. He cannot make us sin. We are the ones that have to make that decision ourselves. He gave, Adam gave into the persuasive influence of Eve. We all have our own personal walk with God, and there will be times when persuasion and temptation is very strong. But in our own best interests, we should move ourselves as far away as possible from these situations. Maybe even run to the other side of the garden if need be. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. But when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. We read in Revelation 12 and 9 and 10 that Satan has deceived the whole world and is the accuser of the brethren, accusing them day and night. However, he does have a designated end, which he cannot get out of. (coughs) And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, I don't like to give a lot of attention to the devil and Satan. I don't like to do that, but it's necessary sometimes. But everything, every time I, I write that name, I always put it with a small S or a small D. I never, ever put a capital S or a capital D. 
Amen. He does not warrant that in my opinion. I'm just saying that because we, I don't want us to feel intimidated in any way by the enemy of our souls. He's under our feet and we do have victory and we can gain victory on him. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. In the beginning, in Genesis, he begins his deception and temptation on the first humans in creation. And at the end, in Revelation, he faces eternal torment in the lake of fire. There is, for us, an absolute need for atonement. Adam and Eve had the choice of any of the trees except of one tree. Disobedience brings serious consequences which can only be atoned for by God. Only God knows how many trees were in the garden. Obviously, there were many because God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Clearly, Adam and Eve had a large choice of trees from which to eat. In our own minds, imagine a a fruit orchard with every kind of fruit that you can think of. A fruit orchard would probably be acres, acres large. And every kind of fruit that you could think of, figs and apples and mandarins and lemons and oranges and limes and bananas and pears, you can just go on and on and on and on. Peaches and nectarines and pomegranates, they all grow on trees. All of those fruits, they grow on trees. And not just fruit, there were probably olive trees and nuts and avocado pears, other things besides. The Bible doesn't specify, there's no specification that says what the fruit is. It says the fruit of the tree and and um, yet they with all of that all of that acres and acres probably of these beautiful trees all in the garden a beautiful garden no rain no sun too hot cool places lovely shade animals everywhere it's just so wonderful and idyllic they disobeyed out of all of that and they went for the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil Fruit is what is produced by the tree and is not independent of the tree. Just as the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Holy Spirit. And when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, our lives bear the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such there is no law. These characteristics do not flow freely from our human nature and are out of harmony with the works of the flesh, as stated in other verses 17 to 21 in that passage in Galatians. It's not in harmony with the flesh. So after Adam and Eve disobeyed, the eyes of them were both opened. They knew that they were naked. Before they sinned, they had absolutely no knowledge of good and evil. All their knowledge was pure, good, eternal, perfect, and untarnished. But now their eyes had been opened to the knowledge of good and evil, and they felt guilt and shame. They were exposed and no longer in that safe, heavenly, daily place with God. The wages of sin is death. Adam and Eve tried to atone for the sin themselves. They sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness and make themselves acceptable before God. When God spoke to them, they hid. They didn't come out in the open. They tried to hide away. We can never, ever make atonement for ourselves. Adam and Eve could not make that atonement. We never can. They could not hide their sin nor the fact that they had sinned. And God instituted his consequences, which made daily life a lot more difficult. He drove the man out of the garden. And he placed at the east of the garden cherubims 
and flaming swords which turned every way to keep the way of the tree. So they were with God in the garden without any problems or difficulties. Beautiful place. You can just picture how wonderful it was. And then all those trees, acres and acres and acres probably, that's what Sheila says, the Bible doesn't say that. But acres and acres and acres of trees with any manner of something to eat there. Any manner, beautiful colors, beautiful. You look at the skin of an apple or the skin of a pear, it's all shiny, it's beautiful. They've all got smells, they've all got aromas. And any single tree, any tree, they could have walked up and down the rows of the trees and say, Oh, this one, this one, that, oh, look at that one, that one's beautiful, oh, I like that one. But no, they went to the one that there was forbidden for them to go to. And who would have thought that eating fruit from a forbidden tree, probably heavy laden with fruit, which have, would have caused such dire and eternal circumstances, I mean consequences. From that day forth, man is separated from God. And the only way that man can be reconciled is to, God, to God is that God makes atonement. As we saw from the Leviticus accounts, atonement comes about by shed blood and sacrifice. The obedience of Adam and Eve created a massive gulf between God and all humanity, a gulf that could not be crossed. This gulf cannot be bridged except by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, his burial and his resurrection. Recently, pastors spoke and demonstrated so wonderfully about this gulf and reconciliation by God coming to us. In his message, pastor gave a great description of how bad and deadly sin is, but that God grants mercy, which is deliverance from judgment and the deserved punishment of our sins, and he provides grace, which is extending kindness to the unworthy all the time. We have God's grace and God's mercy all the time. He doesn't take it away. It's never withdrawn. It's there all the time. And Hebrews 9 and 22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. God clearly told Adam and Eve that if they disobeyed, their, judge, their judgment and their punishment was that they would surely die. Once they sinned, they were instantly dead. Physically, they still lived out the length of their lives, but with all the difficulties and hardships brought upon them and all humanity thereafter. But spiritually, they were instantly cut off from the righteous relationship with God. They died the moment they sinned. But, but God has a way. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. God had a plan for man right from the beginning. Hallelujah. As sinners, we are dead and can only receive newness of life by the pure blood of Jesus Christ. Historically, the horrific, painful, cruel, and graphic crucifixion is history, which took place in 33 AD, close to 2,000 years ago. And since then, the world has moved on, but the blood of Jesus Christ has never moved on. And from then on, and until the day that Jesus comes to take up his church to meet him in the air, his shed blood is still pulsating with life to cover the sin of man. Ongoing and pulsating with life. Jesus is dead, his body is gone, but his blood is still pulsating. Amen. Only the shed blood of Jesus gives mankind spiritual life. 
a sinless condition, remission and forgiveness, and enables us to enter into heaven where he is and spend eternity with him. Dr. Seagrave said, The blood of Jesus gives us access into God's presence and holds the door of access open as it perpetually cleanses us from sin. Beautiful words. The blood of Jesus is not only dripping, is not, sorry, the blood of Jesus is not dripping down into the great, the crevice of that great gulf between God and man, but it is bridging the way between God and man. Our part is that we need to make a decisive decision to access his cleansing blood to cover our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We do not need to try and hide from God. So fig leaves together attempt to, our, to cover our sins, but we do need to go to God by way of the blood of Jesus. The old song says, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. We are redeemed by the blood, brought back into a righteous relationship with God. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And the C of the ABC of Calvary is Christ. And I'd like to ask uh, Cassandra if she could please come to the piano. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Christ is the promised sacrifice and the fulfillment of the shadow of the perfect Lamb to take away our sins. His crucifixion took place at the exact time of the Feast of Passover. Jesus is the only sacrifice that rose up again after death. What we can say about Christ is inexhaustible. So I have compiled, compiled a limited ABC of Christ. A. Acquainted with grief. Afflicted. B. Bore our griefs. Bruised. Beaten. Bread of life. C. Carried our sorrows, creator of all things in heaven and in earth, visible and visible. D. Despised. E. Esteemed him not, if forsaken. G. God manifest in the flesh. H. High priest, heir of, heir of all things. I. Innocent, intercessor. Image of the invisible God, I am, J, judged, K, king of the Jews, king of kings, L, lamb of God, lord of lords, lion of the tribe of Judah, M, man of sorrows, made his grave with the wicked, Messiah, N, numbered with the transgressors, O, oppressed, P, Passover lamb. Q, judge of the quick and the dead. R, rejected, redeemer of no reputation, rose from the dead. S, smitten of God, sacrifice, substitute, sinless, scourged, scapegoat, the same yesterday, today, and forever. T, tender plant. U, unchangeable. W, wounded for our transgressions, the word which became flesh. Y, yielded, he opened not his mouth. There's no X and Z.
So the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present your faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. So I'm opening the altar this morning for us to come, invite you to come. Perhaps you may be wanting to make a commitment to God. Perhaps you have a special need or special needs. You may be desiring salvation or seeking God. Today and now is a good time to do this. If you need prayer, please don't be shy to ask. If you wish to come for thanksgiving, praise and worship, you are all welcome to do so. We all need a touch from you. No one can touch you like Jesus can.